0: Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. We learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the
1: Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike, Mike Zlatnik, and today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome back my very good friend Eric Goodman. Hi, Eric. Mike, it's great to be here.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you very much for uh, coming on the podcast. Eric uh, is a partner in Goodman Capital. He lives uh, on the upper side, uh, upper east side, uh, Manhattan, and he runs, as I said, Goodman Capital. Um, and married, a couple of kids. I don't know if you got any cats, pets. Just tell us a little bit about the family first, and then take it from there.
0: Sure. Well, I have two beautiful uh, little angels at home. Uh, oldest just turned three on Halloween and uh, my youngest uh, is just turning about 15 months. No cat yet. Hopefully a few more kids before the pets come.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we, we, we got the, the cat after having four kids. So you got a little little, little room to run. After a couple more kids, you'll, you'll think about the cat, right?
0: <laughs> yes, you're ahead of me, Mike, by two.
1: That's right. So uh, just Tell folks a little bit about Refresher, what Goodman Capital does, kind of a little bit about you, and then we'll talk about the very exciting project that we are working together on, on the Upper East Side, on East 73rd Street. Uh, but before we do that, just a couple of words, Refresh uh, folks about Goodman Capital and what you've been doing for the, for the last, however many years with your father.
0: Absolutely. Well, Mike, again, thanks for having me on. I'm uh, um, the manager, as you as you mentioned, Uh, I'm the managing partner of Goodman Capital, a New York-based, multi-generational real estate investment firm specializing in real estate-backed debt. Uh, As a real estate family business, we've been active investors and lenders in our local New York City real estate market for over 30 years. Uh, My my parents started the business back in 87, have seen many many market cycles over the last 30-plus years. Um, And since 2015, I've been overseeing our credit committee allocating across primarily first uh, position liens on commercial real estate assets all throughout uh, New York City uh, and Eastern Long Island. And we invest primarily in senior position loans and through our extensive lender relationship network with many of the local private uh, private lenders, uh, conventional uh, bank lenders, um, we've sourced a real attractive debt investment has actually evolved into a very attractive value-add redevelopment opportunity uh, that I'm, I'm excited to, to chat with you about today.
1: Yeah, that's great, Eric. So appreciate uh, the introduction. Uh, let's jump into this property. So uh, that property, uh, you bought an, a, a senior debt on and uh, taken through a foreclosure process, and it's coming to a foreclosure auction, and it's going to get bought out of from a foreclosure, at a good price for both for the fund uh, that uh, you operate and then for the new uh, endeavor, which we're working on together. So mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just talk a little bit about the numbers, uh, kind of you acquired the debt, remind people at what cost basis it was around 16 and a half million if I remember correctly. And just, just talk a little bit about kind of getting this, this asset sourced then kind of the path forward.
0: Sure. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we source many of our loan investment opportunities through our extensive lender relationship network. So we're typically the top one or two calls for most of the private and community bank lenders. And then of course, the alternative lenders here as well. So in 2019, we acquired the first position lien on this property for about $16.5 million, which had been originated from another close lender relationship of ours. Now our business is specializing in the distressed credit space. So we buy non-performing loans secured by these types of uh, mixed use multifamily commercial assets and utilizing our integrated platform, we're a team of 10 over here. We take these investments from, from cradle to grave. We're a team of uh, investment professionals legal professionals and then property management professionals. So leveraging that platform, we took this loan from acquisition through the full foreclosure process uh, and, and that sale is now culminating uh, in, in, uh, in early December. And now because of our involvement in this transaction and our deep knowledge of the asset and how it's going to be reconverted, uh, we're really sitting with, with one of the most seminal uh, townhouse assets here in, uh, in what we call here in New York, the Gold Coast uh, of the Upper East Side, uh, ready to be redeveloped. Um, we'll be picking up the property for about 22 and a half million, which is an implied uh, $1,500 a foot uh, cost basis. Now the townhouse is about 16,900 square feet unrenovated, but combined. Now, comparable assets of similar types of townhouses, unrenovated are trading for right around $2,000, dollars a foot post-COVID. Pre-COVID, we were looking around $2,200, $2,300 a foot. So market pricing has really caught up. But because of the unique sourcing of acquiring this loan out of a bankruptcy proceeding, we're able to, to source this opportunity at a nice 20 25% discount to market costs. And that's what really provides a real attractive uh, entry basis for us to now take the asset to the next level through a redevelopment and and, and execution of and conversion of the property into a luxury high-end townhouse here in the seminal quadrants of Manhattan.
1: So let's talk about that. So how much capital has to be invested to redevelop this uh, multifamily asset? And again, let's go back in history and just cover, this used to be called Grace Kelly Mansion or Grace Kelly used to live there. And other celebrities. So it used to be single-family residential. Uh, then it got converted at some point to the multifamily. Not really used here as a multifamily. Uh, I was, if I remember the history, it was planned to be used as some kind of a school for the privileged kids. And somehow the historic committee didn't approve it. So just walk through a little bit of a history, and then let's talk about what the renovation uh, budget is going to look like and what the final product is going to is going to be like.
0: Sure, so let's just take it, we'll we'll step into the time machine and go back to the late 19th century. Uh, This townhouse today was uh, originally erected as two distinct townhouses back in the late 1880s. Now here's what's really interesting if you're looking at uh, Manhattan's history, the avenues uh, circumscribed or the neighborhood circumscribed between Fifth Avenue to Park Avenue, 59th Street up until about 79th Street, uh, which today we call the Gold Coast, Really was the main area of affluence uh, in New York uh, City. And so most of the assets uh, and properties built at that turn of the century were all single family townhouse residents. And then the avenues occupied and the location occupied east of Park Avenue used to be uh, utilized as the carriage houses for the wealthy uh, families living in, in, in the, the more premier Gold Coast of the Upper East Side. Now when these two townhouses were built in the 1880s, they were subsequently converted into and combined into a single tax lot, a single property back in 1947. Now, just a few years later in 1965, New York City uh, created an organization called the Landmark Preservation Commission, the LPC, which was formed to preserve the historically significant buildings of New York City. And certain swaths of the city have been uh, considered and, and and, and reclassified as historic districts. So for example, the Upper East Side Historic District, uh, the West Village Historic District, East Village was really more of an up and coming trendy place. There's not much in the way that's landmark or de- uh, designated historically significant uh, uh, buildings. But here in the Upper East Side, everything from Fifth Avenue to Park Avenue, the premier Tony area of the Upper East Side, which falls today in the historic Upper East Side Historic District, is governed by the LPC. Now, one of the primary initiatives of the LPC is to ensure that things like facades, uh, the, the, the front uh, uh, image of the, of the building, the, the rears, the streets, um, the use of the property is, is restricted to avoid uh, a massive conversion or redevelopment into large towers and condo product, and to really preserve the antiquity and historical and architectural significance of these neighborhoods. So that uh, effort led by the LPC has created a real structural deficiency and structural impediment, I should say, of comparable double-wide townhouses. What you find today are assets that were, are in existing form post 65 that didn't have a history of being uh, utilized a single family, have difficulty converting back to that use. Uh, similarly, assets that were, uh, have not been combined post 65 have real difficulty combining into these types of double wide townhouses. So this unique asset is 35 feet in width, which is only made possible because of the, the conversion of two 17 and a half foot wide townhouses that were combined back in '47. Today, you could not recreate this asset. You have difficulty. It would be about a two-year-plus process to recreate just the structure and combine into a single asset. Let alone the redevelopment time to actually uh, demo and uh, and reposition the asset. So we're really sitting in the seminal quadrant of Manhattan with an asset that that has real structural impediments to even be recreated in today's market. And that's one of the reasons these types of assets, even unrenovated, are trading for such a hefty premium around. $21, 2200 dollars a foot just because of their scarcity and structural limitations and recreating them today.
1: That's great. That, that's awesome. So that's the history. By the way, who, who are the people who used to be in this house besides uh Grace Kelly? Uh there was a uh was a prince somewhere, one, one of the princes, and just, just just a little just a couple more names.
0: Sure. Well, it, it is a very storied neighborhood. So we're 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 talking about one of the similar quadrants off of Madison Avenue and 73rd Street. Typically, the sixties and seventies, historically going back century, have always been the most Tony and ritziest areas of their upper east side. So, going back uh, to the early part of the twentieth century, uh, this was home to Grace Kelly, uh, Harry Belafonte, Prince Rainier of Monaco, and a few other luminaries uh, over 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 the history uh, this, of this property.
1: Thank you for for sharing that. Now let's continue with this property. So we have a unique asset. We're working on this project to basically, uh, and we we'll are bring in a few really critical partners. So to redevelop a project like this, um, <laughs> you and I don't have the name recognition to do it in, in the city. So it's critical to bring in big name architect and a big name developer. So we're bringing in uh, some very prominent uh, architect and a prominent developer, and they're, they're coming in as partners in the deal uh, to make sure there's alignment of interest. And not only that, they're bringing in capital. But now, let's just before we, we get there, let's talk uh, uh, let, let's talk about um, the redevelopment path. So this thing is naturally now approved to be redeveloped as a single family townhouse. We don't have a difficult uh, process through the uh, landmark preservation committee. Um, what, what what is what is it going to look like? What's the budget? How much money uh, th- this redevelopment will take and what is it gonna look like a final product? Just, 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 let's just cover that a little
0: bit. Absolutely. Well, the building today um, has, is, is broken out into 20, uh, 20 apartment uh, units. Um, as you mentioned, because of the historical use of the building and given the fact that we're not, uh, and, and given the fact that it was converted pre 65 pre, uh, formation of the LPC, this is about a two to three year project from, from, from closing on the purchase to final CFO and sale which is unheard of in Manhattan and really one of the unique benefits of coming into an asset that has its history as a single family townhouse and converted pre-LPC formation. So over that three-year period, we're going to be converting this existing vacant multi-family townhouse into one of the premier newly renovated single family townhouses of double width uh, in New York City. And to do that, we're going to be utilizing a cap stack capital structure broken out between an $8 million equity and $32 million of debt. Now we can talk a little bit about the cap structure, but Mike, one thing you really alluded to earlier, which is so critical about this uh, about this particular investment, is the alignment of interest. So just off the bat, um, uh, Goodman Capital will be, will be providing uh, the, the, the $32 million of debt, which is broken out between an acquisition loan of $18 million and a $14 million construction loan. Those will be offered at very attractive uh, low rates of about 7%. One of the reasons we want to be the the lender on this project is so that we can control and make sure that there's no funny business from any of the other private lenders in this community. And one of the reasons we need to make sure that we have an airtight control over the debt financing is that my family is coming in for one of the largest pieces of the equity as well. We're coming in for a million and a half dollars on the equity. So taking one of the largest equity chunks already is unheard of for a lender and just shows you that intrinsic alignment of interests. Now, for your viewers, I'm sure they'd love to know, and Mike, uh, uh, TF Management will be coming in for a big chunk, as will the architect and the developer coming in. So the most critical facets and critical components to the success of this project are intrinsically aligned in this investment because they comprise, as we do, the majority of the equity investment coming into this project. And in fact, because of that alignment of interest of the $8 million equity raise, we only even have $2 million left uh, uh, to be offered. The the residual will be occupied, uh, but what has been taken up by you, uh, myself, the architect developer. So this is really just that last cap off um, for folks who'd like to participate in really a unique seminal project uh, of of New York City's redevelopment with a small remaining equity piece that we still have left to raise. But with that $40 million uh, all in capital budget, we're projecting an exit of approximately $65 million plus for this single family townhouse, which is consistent with recent transaction comps of newly renovated product all in the last six to nine months. Because here's what's actually happened post-COVID. In the pre-COVID environment, much of the affluence and, and, and wealth concentration in New York City was centered around the new luxury condo product. Folks want to live in these massive high-rise towers, full-scale amenities, um, you know, the new glass, city and steel, views of Central Park. And what we've seen post-COVID has been this surge and, and rush for pro- uh, for product that can deliver privacy, safety, and security. And there's no other asset class for those affluent and wealthy enough to buy those luxury condos for five, dollars to $6,000 a foot. There's no better asset class than a single family townhouse. That gives you the utmost level of control over your environs, limiting your exposure, and that focus on security and safety has really been a primary driver for the uptick in transaction activity in the townhouse market we've seen post-COVID. And the last four or five transactions to trade up in in the upper east side in the Seminole Gold Coast quadrant have been all for around thirty-seven to thirty-nine hundred dollars a foot, which and, and which which implies right around a fifty-three to uh, to fifty-nine million dollar exit value, and that's for just that's for a renovated product in the last ten to twelve years. We will be one, this project will be one of the first assets double wide assets to be renovated in the last by the time it's complete in the last fifteen years will be the only double wide newly renovated product of its kind. So just even applying those those multiples of more dated renovated product puts you easily at a $65 million plus exit valuation, which translates to about a 25 to 30% annualized return from start to finish.
1: That's great. That's a lot of um, critical nuggets. And just to uh, reinforce, this is a podcast. We're not soliciting anything at all. We're just talking about a project, but by, by by the time this thing airs, we probably will have raised the two million dollars. So we're not <laughs> we're not looking for money. But if you have interest and you feel free to reach out to Eric and me, and we'll have a conversation. Obviously, we'll have to send you, you know, if we have space left, we'll have to send you offering memorandum and you know to create investors only the usual spiel. But this this is a podcast. This is not, this is not solicitation. So. Uh, and uh, just, just, just just to re- recapture uh, one of the key points that uh and I, I don't know enough people in their choices, uh, but having a two-floor penthouse where you pay 65-70 million dollars for a massive penthouse on a very high floor, you still don't have a privacy. You have a big building, but it's not your uh your 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 house versus you actually own the, the, the entire real estate. Uh, in a location that's as good as it gets. It's, it's about a block and a quarter away from Central Park, and uh, as you as you call it, Gold Coast. But let's talk about renovation, right? The the process itself. So, 14 million dollar renovation. What do you what do you do? I mean, just I'm, I'm just trying to think. Do you put? <laughs> is it we're gonna do down to the beams? Everything is gonna come off, uh, other than the studs and the 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 key structural. Uh, support of the building, all electric, plumbing, everything is gonna get uh, replaced and as well as ultra high net, uh, u- ultra high uh, finishes. Uh, and then obviously the design that will be um, basically, it'll be like a mansion people, 17,000 square feet. It's If you think about it, if you go anywhere outside of New York city, it usually is considered a, a mansion in New York city. It's a big townhouse.
0: Oh, it, it's true, you know and it's funny this this ties back actually Mike to one of the comments you made earlier about the team. Maybe I could just take a quick sec to talk about the the parties involved because as you mentioned, Mike, I wouldn't necessarily trust you and I with a hammer. maybe you more so than I.
1: No um, no, no no, no, I think you'll, you'll do better than me. but
0: <laughs> the, but it, so much is rooted in the development team. it's been very interesting. you know we, we have financed construction rehab for years for 30 plus years. Um, and one of the most critical facets to this, coming in as our own one of the largest equity pieces, is building the right team that can take this from start to finish. And like you said, uh, what do you do for fourteen million dollars? Well, you demo. You 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 got the building down to down just about down to the sides. You're gonna ch- you remove all the floor joists because you're really cutting up an apartment building that was converted into a, from in a townhouse structure. Now you're making it back to a single family townhouse, and we're going to be able to re, uh, utilize over sixteen thousand eight hundred square feet of space. Uh, and now convert that into uh, likely a seven-eight bedroom uh, palatial estate. Now, uh, this is all being made, made possible because of the team that we're bringing together. Like any project, the quality of the team is always a critical factor in projecting the performance of any investment. And I, I'm thrilled to say, as you know, Mike, that we've put together a first-class development team led by uh, Rad Studio. Uh, Rad Studio is 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 is, met, is run uh, by James Ramsey, who's a renowned local architect of premier residential townhouse product and has built homes for some of the wealthiest tech entrepreneurs, financiers, celebrities, luminaries here in the city, and is single handedly responsible for cracking three records of townhouse sales in the Upper West Side. Historically, pretty much the Upper West Side saw a cap on Exit value right around $1,900, $2,000 a foot. And just in the last six months, secured three Upper West Side townhouse sales reaching $2,200 to $2,500 a foot. And one right now, about to get into contract for over 2750 a foot and it's a function of the quality of his craftsmanship that has really been unseen uh, in a spec basis most of the, the the most of his clients you, you usually uh, uh, they'll hire the high high-end architect development team for a custom which means they're living in it they're utilizing it as an end user but he's working primarily on a spec basis and that's where this level of craftsmanship is completely unheard of and is about to blow up the the entire upper east side
1: yeah that's 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 critical and that's awesome because without a big name developer and big name architect uh, the project is just a project and th- this will be a um, a prized asset effectively I think you mentioned this it's going to be one of the top 10 townhouses on the upper East side and maybe even the entire Manhattan is 35 feet wide, with that, that kind of a size size and so so who would who would buy this thing it would be essentially, Technology moguls, it'd be um, super uh, hedge fund managers on Wall Street, uh, maybe a Saudi prince. I don't know. Maybe uh, uh, I don't know who, who, who. typically who, who buys this product. Just just curious. What, what are the typical position? Is it isn't it not, not far from um, um, uh, what's it guy Abramovich uh, house, yeah. which is basically He's a billionaire, Russian billionaire who bought uh, Chelsea. I think I mean, he owns one of the one of the large uh, soccer teams. Soccer teams, and he needs a home in New York. So,
0: and and funny, he bought um, a a, a four townhouse assemblage a next door to an, uh, a loan that we actually own. Um, and his his all in basis. Now he was very generous. He he sold it to his ex wife Dasha Zukova for only five thousand dollars a foot, or seventy four million dollars. It was a nice. It was it was a very generous uh, transfer but that's not even completed product. And he learned firsthand the difficulty of LPC. He was trying to combine four townhouses comprising three distinct architectural styles. That's a big no-no for LPC. LPC is all about preservation of the historically significant architectural buildings of the city. And he's been in that project for about six years and still doesn't have a completed building on his hands. That That is exactly the, 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 the traps that can befall you if you don't know what you're getting into. And again, just to take it back to this particular project, having had it converted into a single into a single structure uh, is saving years and years of, of time off the construction timeline. That's really gonna uh, add to the uh, accretive value of the investment. That's right, it, it limits the
1: supply. The LPC essentially limits the supply, you know, supply of the product unless it, it meets the LPC requirements. So mm-hmm. when this becomes um, a product uh, that has almost, uh, no competition or very limited competition, it becomes a very interesting uh, opportunity. So um, just kind of final thoughts, uh, 65 to $70 million, why not 80? Why not 50? And these, these these arbitrary price per food numbers, they're big numbers. And to most people outside of New York and maybe some other big cities around the world, these numbers sound like, who. <laughs> <laughs> who pays these prices. And, and the, 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 the number is so, so wide and broad, it's almost the people who buy them, they don't even care. If they have a great finished product and they don't have to deal with their innovation and LPC, uh, why can't they pay 80 million? And why, why can't they pay a bigger number? Because they, they get into uh, a wow um, factor. They, they, they enjoy the wow factor. They enjoy the, the finished product. And to them... It, it, it's almost like the sky's the limit. Uh, so it does have sort of a practical flaw, but on a on a higher side, if 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 the market mm-hmm. supports it, this could even sell for more than, than what we're saying, 65 to 70, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. The, the 65 to 70 is just based on actual comps in the last four or five months, which are all renovated in the last 15 years. There's no new renovated product of double-wide townhouses uh, in New York City. We would be the first seminal uh, townhouse to be sold, again, on a spec basis because... Most of the newly renovated are all, are, are all custom jobs, not available for sale. We would be one of two townhouses of double width even available that can be delivered vacant at sale for the next five years. And the only other townhouse that could be uh, converted is actually still two distinct townhouses. So the jury's still out, whether LPC would even allow them to be to, to combine and convert from two into one assets because they don't have a history of being a single family townhouse. So on, on, on that note, really this, would, our particular project would be singular of its kind. Now, one of the point I wanted, the two points actually, Mike, you mentioned, um, and this has really been interesting to see post-COVID, the premiums being paid for finished product. There, are, there is a plethora of transaction activity in the townhouse market for unfinished product. That $21, $2,200 a foot, that's based on over 40 comps that have traded this year. That's a very healthy market for uh, generating real price discovery of where unfinished product is trading for. Now, the five, six comps that have been double-wide renovated in the last 15 years Those have been a real uptick uh, just in the last, as I mentioned, four or five months, seeing where they're trading. And really interestingly, it's not, they're not being bought by foreign money. One of the, uh, a few of the factors we look into, obviously, is transaction activity and who's buying. Those are two big indicators of where the market is shifting in New York City. And I'm really pleased to say that the the largest purchases over over the last four or five months have all been from American buyers. When we use the word working professional, we mean the, as you mentioned, the hedge fund titan. The Goldman Sachs partner, uh, the Brevin Howards of of the world, the the $500 billion uh, private equity firms, these have been the buyers of these kinds of assets post-COVID. And it's very encouraging because it shows it's real American money making these purchases. It's not foreign capital that is looking for any any place of shelter. And that gives us a little bit of, of a clue of where the market is for some of the wealthiest New Yorkers and only adds to the available liquidity and exit uh, likelihood of hitting a really high-end uh, target when we're ready to sell, because we're, our exit buyer universe is not just the farm capital. Certainly it will be, because this will be the seminal product of its kind, but it's also uh, the local wealthy uh, New Yorkers and Americans uh, who have, who've made it quite a bundle with the whole crypto craze in the tech space, in finance. Uh, there's a very large buyer universe that we have seen demonstratedly, uh, has been willing to pay these 50 $60, 70000000 million price targets for a uh, finished product here in this Gold Coast of the Upper East Side.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. With uh, the things you mentioned, the Wall Street is doing really well. The crypto world is doing well. Techno- I mean, technology in general is doing well. And um, there's enough uh, U.S.-based demand uh, that uh, the foreign demand doesn't even have to uh, have to be in the consideration. Anyway, we we are... Uh, as I say, all good things must come to an end, unfortunately. So this this podcast is uh, coming to an end. Appreciate uh, you coming um, on the podcast once again. Uh, any final thoughts? And if folks wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way? The website, just a quick, um, quick share and, and uh, yeah, just share, please.
0: Sure. So uh, the best way to reach out to us would be through our website at Goodman goodmancapitalllc.com. Uh, you can reach us uh, through invest at goodmancapitalllc.com. Uh, one quick final thought, Mike, I, just, uh, I think always is important to share, is you know, you and I share uh, a mutual ethos and, and the way we think through underwriting uh, is very is very much uh, in line, which is why I think, we, um, why I think we, we, we've stayed friends throughout the years. Um, at the end of the day, whether it's a debt or an equity investment, it always comes down to basis. And basis is always going to be your friend in a a, a market downturn. It's what provides always provides downside risk protection. And what I love about this particular investment is that even at an all-in cap stack of 40 million, you're still in at about $2,500 a foot, which is just a slight premium to where existing unrenovated, less than double-wide TANOS product is trading. So the replacement value of this is far in excess of where our all-in cost basis will be. And that's a big function of how we source this opportunity at such a below replacement cost acquisition entry price. So by coming in at 22 and a half, having the right team that can streamline the construction, value engineer the, the hard and soft costs, we're in at a basis that you couldn't even uh, you couldn't even pay to replace if you want to build what we're going to build on, on this product. So we, by virtue of that, that's what provides that downside risk protection that I could be selling at the same price for unrenovated smaller townhouse product, and we're still, Um, More than we still have more than enough cushion uh, to make to 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 not to not lose capital on this investment. So again, I I always relay it back to to basis and coming at this kind of product uh, would trade for double where unfinished product were. But should the market turn, uh, should interest rates rise, and and I don't think they are um, any any or certainly not, not aggressively anytime soon. But but in the unlikely event that the that we that we do see another period that looks like a black swan event, our basis is just in line with, with similar types of assets, pre-renovated and much narrower. And it's really that below replos, below replacement cost basis that has always provided us downside risk protection throughout our investment track record.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, very much appreciate that thought. Uh, it, it's, it, we were to quantify this, our cost basis is around 65% of what we project to be in future price. It's almost like it's an equity investment, but all in 65% of the future value it's a really healthy ratio. So appreciate your wisdom. Thank you very much again for coming on a podcast and uh, all good things got, do, do come to an end and so does this episode. Thanks for having
0: me back, Mike. Appreciate it, bud. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fund Book, head to bigmikefun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's Name. Keep listening and keep investing, Big my style. See you on the next episode.